It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Aloha and welcome to Spirit Chat Radio. Today we're going to be talking about the six biggest mistakes made by spiritual seekers. This will be an interesting subject. But I've been teaching for a very long time, and every year we get more and more people that are spiritually awakening, or they're on a new spiritual path, they're coming into their own as far as their spiritual journey goes, and we get just more followers, more followers every year. And as this begins to unfold for people... I have noticed some very specific patterns of things that tend to cause blocks in other people's spiritual journeys. Things that can cause a hiccup in your spiritual journey, a detour in your spiritual journey. They are patterns that have begun to develop and things that people overlook. And so I decided to compile a list of the six biggest mistakes that I watch people make or I see them make often. They make them often enough that they make the list. So we're going to just not beat around the bush as far as this goes. We're going to go ahead and get right into it. Mistake number one, biggest mistake number one is forcing yourself to live a life you are uncomfortable with. When you become a spiritual seeker or you're on a new spiritual journey, you're learning to understand yourself from a spiritual aspect, you want to become more familiar with it, you want to learn to nourish this side of yourself, you want to begin to feel your spiritual body. This is one of the hardest things that people have an adjustment making, like one of the most hardest adjustments that people have. Um, Forcing yourself to live a life you are uncomfortable with. What does that mean? Well, for example, you hate your job, your relationship is toxic, you feel the need to always be responsible, or you focus on money. You find that as you get older and you begin to... Be more what people call responsible, or you begin to be a responsible adult. Most often than not, people will find themselves in situations that they are uncomfortable with, relationships and jobs specifically. Um, They will find that they're not happy in their job, or they're not happy in their relationship, or one of them is toxic, Um, and they yet force themselves to live their life over day to day you spend the most time in your relationship and your job they will force themselves to continue on with this life even though they're though that they are uncomfortable with it that is a huge mistake because it will contradict all of the things that you're trying to work towards now that doesn't mean that i want people to run out and quit their jobs and get divorced absolutely not but it does mean 
that you need to learn to rectify these situations sometime in the future. So, for instance, let's take a job. If you hate your job, but it is you are the main breadwinner, it is your main source of income, what will not be a mistake is if you plan for the future as in, I'm going to figure out a way to make an income doing something different than this or something I enjoy doing, or I'm going to figure out how to get myself out of this particular job situation to where I feel like I'm not being treated so crappy or that I actually like the people I work with. I'm going to make a plan to do so. That's not making a mistake. That's being proactive. Now, that's being proactive on your spiritual journey. Um, however, just deciding that you're going to tackle all other aspects of your spiritual life and that the job is basically easy, but you don't want to put any of your time and energy into re, you know, re getting yourself a new job, not re-nothing, I guess, um, but you... You don't want to put any effort into being more comfortable in your workplace, then that is a huge mistake. And like I said, this is a mistake that I see over and over and over again. People will try to do all of these things that I'm going to name on the list in a positive manner, and then yet they will really try to force themselves to live a life that they're uncomfortable with. Relationships, that's another aspect that I see often. They are in a relationship that they've been in for 28 years, 45 years, or even two years. But it's one that is not, and it can be a significant other relationship, could be a friendship, could be a family member relationship, whatever. But it's one that is not uplifting and bringing the best parts of each other out. It's not bringing the best version of you forward and the other person forward. Um, yet you force this relationship to be. You force it to try to just maintain it. You just force it consistently. Even though that you're not vibing together and you're not bringing out the best in each other, you just force it to be. It's a huge mistake. Um, mistake number two is not learning to connect with your spiritual body. This one really puzzles me um, because... I'll, I'll get into explaining it, but this one puzzles me. So example, you ignore your intuition or psychic abilities or the energies which surround you. And you question these things, which that part's okay. But you don't learn how to connect with your spiritual body if you don't learn to... Pay attention to your intuition if you don't learn how to tap into your psychic abilities or your psychic senses, which everybody has, no matter if you think that you do or not. If you don't think that you have them at all, you're just very out of tune with your spiritual body and your senses. So you need to learn how to become more in tune with your body, your spiritual body. Um, and, and the energies which surround you, energies basically... You can, I can get anybody to understand and admit to read, being able to read energies around them. It's easy to do. Easy to do. And most everybody can feel the vibe of a room or the vibe of a person, which the vibe is basically the energy, the vibration that they're putting off. That's what the vibe is. So 
it's interesting how many people will avoid learning, learning how to fully connect them with their spiritual body. They will begin the spiritual journey, but they don't want to go full in when it comes to connecting with their spiritual body. They go, well, you know, I don't really need to learn how to develop my intuition more, my psychic abilities, and I don't really know if I have the abilities, and I don't um, really, I, I'm going to read a lot on them. And that's really good and and wonderful for you to do. Absolutely. Read as much as you can when it comes to learning how not to ignore your intuition and your psychic abilities and learning about energies which surround you. I highly suggest that. But there will be usually a point to where you want to learn more, progress more. You want to learn more on a one-on-one -on -one type situation as far as connecting with your spiritual body. And this is interesting to me because I teach a lot of classes. Um, I teach two very specific ones on how to connect with your spiritual body. Um, one, my psychic ability class, and one, my empath um, course, my empowering empath course, the transformation course. And I also do a lot of free stuff. I do um, my podcasting. I do my, I have my spiritual community and stuff. And a lot of people will want to become more spiritual and they'll want to go on this journey. But when it comes to um, really do it, taking that to the next step and really learning how to uh, connect with their spiritual body, they're like, oh, no, no. Like, I'm, I, I don't want to do that or I don't want to spend the money doing that or whatever. And I totally get not wanting to spend the money, but you can't necessarily have it both ways if you don't have the knowledge you need to spend some kind of money to get the knowledge because somebody has the knowledge, right? So you might buy an ebook that's $2.99. You might do a class, which is more money. But sometimes you do have to spend some money to gain more knowledge. Um, and there is a lot of free stuff on the internet. But just for those of you out there who are wanting to learn to connect with their spiritual body and just do some... Uh, research and try to find free information out there. There is some good free information out there. Uh, you want to be careful of the type of information that you're consuming as well because I do have a lot of people who come to me in my spirit community and say, uh, just the other day somebody came to me and was like, I was, how do I get this negative energy that's attached to me off of me? I'm like, what are you talking about? There's no negative thing, negative entity attached to you. Number one sign that somebody is trying to scam you out of money. They will tell you there's some negative entity attached to you. It doesn't work like that. Even though that you can have negative energies, try to get up all in your being and all that, and that part is real, if somebody specifically says there's a negative energy entity attached to you, run the other way or ask them how much do you want because they're wanting more money to remove it. It's just, it's such a, it's such a gag. I, that, you know, that's, that's been such a, joke for so long. I can't believe that people still even believe that, but you know, whatever. It's still working apparently because then people give them more money. So you want to be careful of any materials that you're purchasing, especially if you, you're working really hard for your money. You don't want to just throw it away to anybody that you want to check out their stuff, check out their free stuff. And if you resonate with them, um, then that might be a good place for you to head. If, if, and how do you tell if you resonate with them? Because you will, 
you will be left with a good feeling. Not like a, oh my God, how do I get this negative entity away from me? You won't be left with a crappy feeling of, oh geez, what's going to happen in the next three months? That's not going to happen. You're going to be leaving going, wow, that makes sense to me. I feel good about that information I just learned. I feel like more enlightened. I feel more knowledgeable. I feel like that was a, a positive experience. That's how you can tell if you're vibing with somebody and if somebody's giving you good information. Mistake number three, you underestimate how easy it is to raise your vibration, i.e. having fun. This is something, again, I guess I wrote this list because some of it is kind of shocks me um, of, of how people think things go. Um, a lot of people just think that it is such work to raise their vibration. They try and they try and they try. There's a ritual. There's like hour long, uh, hours and hours of meditation. And then you have to do cleansing and eating clean and whatever. You have to do all this stuff. And I just don't even want to try it. You know, that's how discouraging it feels. You just, people underestimate how easy it is to raise their vibration. You have fun. Fastest, easiest way to raise your vibration ever. It's not a joke. That don't cost you any money to have fun. You can watch a movie. You can laugh. You can have conversation. You can watch your kids play. You can watch your grandkids. You can, like, there's so many ways to have fun without spending a dime. So here's an example. People stop having fun around the age of 12. That is real. You practice becoming more responsible adult after that. And so things start shifting. And then you think life should be different than when you were younger as an adult. So you kind of stop having fun around age 12. You practice being responsible as a young adult. And then as a, as a um, or young teen and as a young adult, you think life should be different than when you were young. Well, the funny thing is, it should be different. You should have more money now. <laughs> so you should be able to do way more cool things. But it shouldn't be different in the aspect of having fun. It should be the same as having fun as when you were younger. So many people really just kind of throw that concept out the window when they feel like that they have bills to pay and a spouse or significant other or family members to support or children to put through college or um, I can just name so many excuses for not having fun. I really can. I, I can be right there with you and say, well, there's this and this and this and, you know, the weather's bad and, and now I, these people can't work and family circumstances happen and then there's health care and then, you know, you can do that all day long. You can do that till the cows come home. But it's really easy to raise your vibration by having fun. It's easy to have fun with your kids. It's easy to laugh with your kids. It's easy to do something that makes you and your significant other laugh or family members. It's easy to just have a family meal and just talk about cool, fun things or things that make you laugh. It's, it's easy to do. It's so much easier than, than I think that people realize. And like I said, you have more money when you're older. You should be able to, you should be able to like, you should be able to be you, have so much fun like you did when you were younger, but like be able to pay for it now, right? Mistake number four, you forget what you're passionate about. 
that's a, such an interesting thing that happens, I notice, with a lot of people who come to me looking for guidance. I heard you talk about being passionate about something. I've, I know that I'm supposed to, but I don't know what it is. You don't know what it is? Really? You know, I don't know what it is. That just really mind boggles me. They, that sometimes people become so out of touch with who they really are and what their own passions are that they become so out of touch with their own self that they no longer remember what it is that they love to do. They, like, you would think that that wouldn't happen very often, but it happens a lot. I cannot, I, the amount of, if I had a dollar for every time that people told me they don't know what they love to do, if you don't know what you love to do, there is a serious problem. There really, really is. You need to just stop for a minute and refocus on who you are and who you used to be and where did you lose yourself? Where did you forget? What happened along the way? What caused you to forget what you love to do? Kids know what they love to do. At some point you loved, you knew what you loved to do. But where did it go wrong? Where did you forget it? <clears throat> That's something, something that you love to do would be something you lose track of time doing. Something that you just thoroughly enjoy or just feels good, you know? feels good in your heart and your your soul center. It just it makes you feel happy or proud. Something that just makes you feel good. That's what you're passionate about. Mistake number five. These mistake number five and six kind of play into these things. You live for others. For example, you put other people first often so you neglect what ends up happening is you neglect being the best version of you unless you get divorced which again the amount of times I've seen this happen is mind-boggling and then suddenly people try to find that best version of them themselves of, of themselves again so you live for others. You put other people first often. You put your kids first. You put your significant other first. You put your mother first, your father first, your family first, your, your boss first, your coworkers first, whoever. Might be all those people. Might be one or two of those people. <clears throat> but when you live to make other people's lives comfortable and cushy, and you, but and that's okay. It's okay to do that. But if you do it at the expense of neglecting being the best version of you, then there's a problem. Then there's an issue. And many times, many, many times, women are, are, tend to be worse at this than men do. There are men that do this, though. If you're men out there listening, men do do this as well. Um, but women tend to definitely be the the definite assaulters of this mistake, um, <clears throat> then something major will happen and they'll try to figure out the best version of them again and it gets them back on track. I guess 
the positive part of something major happening or something making them get themselves back on track is they're back on track again. So I guess that's a good thing. Uh, if we want to look at the silver lining. Mistake number six. You neglect your own wants and needs until it's too late. Um, it's, a, it's kind of similar to five, but a little bit different. Because usually when it's too late, again, this is pre-anything major happening. So, um, example, you realize after your divorce or after the kids are grown or after you have a health issue. Health issues. That, that, there's, a, there's a good one to pay attention to. Then you're like, wow, I need to make a change. Like, I need to do something. So um, an, uh, another common factor with this type of things that are um, you start noticing, like, blood pressure, blood pressure going up. And you have a hard time getting it down, or you gained really a lot of weight, which in turn affects your blood pressure. Um, and it, it potentially can give you diabetes or just different things. Or, you know, you're not moving as well as you used to. Um, you know, your knees are hurting and your joints are hurting or whatever. That's neglecting yourself and your own wants and needs. That's neglecting your wants and needs until it's too late. You don't, nobody wants to feel heavier than, than they should. Nobody wants to feel the way that they feel when they have high blood pressure. They don't, they don't want to have a health issue. Believe me, I was sick a little bit ago or a few days ago. I'm getting better now, but I haven't been that sick in years. Man, that sucks. So nobody wants to feel that way. But they will neglect their own wants and needs because they will assume this is what adults do. This is how I'm responsible. This is what all my friends and family are doing. And they're all adults. And... If I do things to make myself feel good, um, they have lots of excuses why that they neglect their own wants and needs. Um, sometimes they don't have enough money. Most, mostly, they're too busy doing things for other people. Next thing you know, it's like midnight. You're trying to go to bed, right? Or they just feel like they would rather spend the money on somebody else if they instead of getting their, you know, going to a gym or buying themselves new clothes or makeup or doing something that where they're making themselves feel good about themselves. Um, they'd rather spend that on their kids for this or something else for that, or, you know, they even if they have money. Um, you know, it's interesting because it's easy to put yourself on the back burner and not take care of yourself the way that you used to as far as health and, and visually. People think um, when you take care of yourself visually that that's like a selfish thing. You don't need to do that if you're married, you know? You don't need to if you're married and have kids. There's no. Yes, you need to. Yes, you need to. Because how you appear to yourself on the outside and the inside, such as how you're feeling internally, which is going to be correlated to your weight and all of that sort of thing as far as exercise and stuff goes, but how you're feeling visually to yourself will also have an effect on how you feel internally. It will make you feel very good deep to the soul or it will make you feel not so good and have low self-esteem. When you have low self-esteem, that affects choices and things that you do. It affects your life. 
it affects the best version of you. And, you know, I mean, you're your own person that takes care of this specific body that you're born with. And you are the caretaker. And how you look on the outside is really a very good indicator of how well you've taken care of yourself. How much you value this body and this, this person that you are. Um, and it's, it doesn't feel good to look in a mirror and feel like you don't like who you're seeing in the mirror. Or if you, even if it's a visual aspect. That's not being selfish. That's you deciding you're not the best version of you. You know? You want to be the best version of you. <clears throat> so let's go over this again really quickly. The six biggest mistakes you will ever make is mistake number one, forcing yourself to live a life you are comfortable with, uncomfortable with. Um, like I said, if you're, you're hating your job, you're hating a relationship, whatever, you're forcing yourself to live a life you're uncomfortable with. Maybe you hate your location. Maybe you don't. I don't know. Mistake number two, not learning to connect with your spiritual body. Um, ignoring your intuition, your psychic abilities, uh, the energies which surround you. Every single, I swear, every one of you, there's not one of you listening to this podcast that cannot feel energy or vibes from somebody. It's not going to take me or a class or any book of knowledge for you to be able to feel the vibe of a place or a person. So not learning to connect with your spiritual body, learning to ignore those things. And then, you know, kind of depriving yourself of the knowledge of learning how to connect with your spiritual body. Once you learn so far on how to connect with your spiritual body, unfortunately, you will need more knowledge. So like you'll be able to learn a lot of things on your own. Absolutely, you will. Not spending a dime. But there will usually become a point, depending how far you want to go on your spiritual journey, where you'll need to um, potentially pay for more knowledge and, and mentorship and help on trying to learn what more advanced things are when it comes to your spiritual body. If you don't want to go that far, I, there's a ton of stuff you can learn on your own. Absolutely. Um, mistake number three, underestimating how easy it is to raise your vibration and having fun. Don't forget to have fun. You stopped probably around 12. You became a responsible adult. You thought life should be different when you're older, like you should be more responsible and serious. Life should be different. You should just have more money. Uh, mistake number four, you forget what you're passionate about. You no longer can remember what you love to do. Good Lord, if that's you, you really, really, really need to, uh, Make some changes and, and, and tune into who you are, were, who you used to be. Because at some point, you did know what you were passionate about. When you were a child, you knew. You knew what you loved to do. Um, mistake number five, you live for others, putting other people's first, other people first. Uh, you neglect being the best version of you until things are too late or whatever, you suddenly find that best version again, um, which ties into number three. You neglect your own wants and needs and until it's too late, actually, was where that was supposed to go. 
Um, and then you realize later after the fact, after things went down the way you didn't want them to go down, then you realize, you wow, you need to make a change. So you waited too long, basically. Waiting too long. So hopefully this is was helpful. Um, I'm just going to touch base on a few things that I have going on. If you are on your spiritual journey and wanting to expand your knowledge and learn more, I do an array of free things, spiritual podcasts. Um, I have a higher purpose learning group on Facebook, um, which I answer questions. That's my spirit community. Um, I do, I have over a hundred and some podcasts, which if you haven't listened to them all, there's a ton of them for you to listen to. I give a lot of free info out there, but I've also written some eBooks and I teach classes and I have different types of classes for different types of um, people. I have my psychic ability class that I open up um, a few times a year. You can check that out to see when it's going to open or get on the wait list if it's not open at www.psychicabilityclass.com. And right now, I have my empath class open, www.empathclass.com, which that will be closing at the end of this month. I'm not sure how many times a year I will be offering that. But if you do want more one-on-one guidance, um, you want some more mentorship, you want some more advanced learning, then I do have things that, um, if my teaching resonates with you, I have stuff that you can learn from and, and get more advanced uh, knowledge in. The other thing is, if you enjoy the show, I so much appreciate all the donations, but as always, if you enjoy the show, if you want to help it keep going, definitely pop over to patreon.com, www.patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, backslash Jennifer O'Neill. Um, you can join my, you can become a spirit chat member over there where we do some cool stuff. Um, and I have a, a Facebook group where we go over a lot more spiritual knowledge as well. It's um, really cool. So pop on over there if you enjoy it. Every donation helps keep this little podcast rolling. And hopefully I will see you in one of those places at some point in the near future. Have a wonderful day. Aloha. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.